Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and Hello, everyone, and welcome to Journey to Success Radio Network. My name is Tom Tutal Cunningham. I'm a Napoleon Hill Foundation certified instructor and resiliency expert helping people to think speak and act positively through the many and varied challenges of life. You can find out more about me in this interview at my website, which is Tom, the number two, and tall, T-A-L-L, dot com. My guest today was recommended uh, to me by the amazing Philip Hatfield, who works for the Ziegler Corporation. Philip and I are co-authoring a book coming up, and uh, so our guest today is James Capra, We'll call him Jimmy after this, but let's call him James Cabra professionally. He's currently the CEO and founder of the Frontline Leadership Group, a leadership training and development firm located in Argyle, Texas. He is the author of Leadership at the Frontline, Lessons Learned About Loving, Leading, and Legacy from a Warrior and Public Servant, published by Lulu.com. He is known by his friends and colleagues, uh, uh, Jimmy, as he is known as by his friends and colleagues, retired after 27 and a half years with the Drug Enforcement Administration. Prior to his retirement, Jimmy served as the Chief of Global Operations, responsible for 227 domestic offices and 86 foreign offices in 67 countries. For the past 10 years, Mr. Capra has delivered keynote speeches and world-class leadership training in numerous venues throughout the United States and in selected international regions. He has been called on to speak on national security issues involving international drug trafficking organizations, drug and terror groups, pharmaceutical diversion, and drug legalization issues, just to name a few. In addition, Mr. Capra is recognized expert on leadership and organizational management and has spoken on a wide variety of leadership issues around the United States. Welcome to the show, Jimmy. Thanks, Tom. I'm, I'm really honored to have be on your show. I really am. It's uh, it, it just fantastic to be with you this morning. Now, uh, the Drug Enforcement Agency, eight, uh, 67 countries, 86 foreign offices, uh, 227 domestic offices. That is a large organization, and uh, yeah, you were with it, them. What were you with them your entire uh, like career? You started with them. I, I actually started with uh, military service um, over 30 something years ago. I actually, wore three different uh, U.S. military uniforms over the course of eight or nine years, and then uh, joined the, the DEA. Was fortunate enough to get picked up and joined the DEA in, in 1987. It's a great outfit filled with just dynamic men and women, and uh, it was a great, great career. Um, a calling, I call it, you know, I call it, I tell people all the time, it, it's, it's uh, you know, I begged the good Lord to let me have the job. I, it took us two years to get on it, and uh, never looked back once. Had a great time. A few, uh, like, like any of those callings in, in public service or in... Um, you know, like I call it the warrior professions, 
there were some moments that you don't want to relive and, and uh, some sad moments that happens because you're, you're, you're battling evil and that sounds romantic and it's not. It's true, you're actually trying to put up a standard against uh, organizations and people who have um, not our best interests in hand. So, but make some tremendous uh, friends who are family and uh, served with just some of the best and brightest. And I, w- I was very blessed and fortunate uh, moving up the ranks in the course of those years and had uh, some great leaders who um, saw something in me that they uh, kept pushing me. And, and uh, you wake up one morning and you're running global operations. And you're looking back and saying, how did a kid who barely got out of high school, how did he get here? <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's, uh, it was really phenomenal. I, I, I just absolutely loved it. You know, um, my wife, uh, we've been together for 34 years and six kids, and I drugged them all over the country and, and sometimes got up in the morning and didn't come home for weeks. And um, But I tell people all the time, she's, uh, she was the heart and is the heart of my, this family of ours and, and um, my biggest supporter and biggest advocate. So when you when you have issues like that, great issues like that, great you know family like that and willing to sacrifice with you, and when you love your job and what you're doing, it's it's does it's not really a job. It's not like working. It's like you can't believe that you know they pay you for going to work every day. But uh, right. it's just right. been a great it's just been a great run. And this is so much uh, you know what people talk to me and ask me about. If you really find your purpose in life, something you're yeah. passionate about and you love, boy, it just seems unfair to collect a paycheck because you just love it so much and you enjoy it. And then also Napoleon Hill spoke about the mastermind principle and the number one mastermind group is between a husband and a wife. It was due to the success of Henry Ford, Thomas Edison, and many other of the 500 people that he studied. And yeah, if you're away for weeks on end and you got six kids, you yeah. need that support of a wife at home. Otherwise, uh, you might come home and find your suitcases on the yeah, lawn or the, something. Out on the front lawn. But, but those are the things, you know, my, we knew when we were dating and talked about those things are the things that are, were, were so important to me personally and professionally, and, and, uh, and, and she supported that. So we knew going into um, this thing, we knew going into this, that journey that, that uh, you know, there'd be challenges and stuff. But, uh, I, again, you know, I don't want to paint a rosy picture you know i might come home for some days and say okay we're moving and you're picking up the family and you're moving you know across the country or whatever or you say hey i got i gotta i gotta be gone and and uh to be honest with you I, and i i think i'll be home in a week or two weeks and 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 she was very patient about it and and uh supportive about it and so with it so were all my kids too as they uh as now reached adulthood so but 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 uh but you're right it is something that i was passionate about i loved doing you know, a number of years ago, I was, was talking to a group, and I had done some research, and, and I was startled to, to find, uh, I don't know if it was Rand or Gallup that found out that about 70% of the people that they polled didn't like their job. I can't, and I, I read that, I said, this can't be possible. And 70% of the people didn't enjoy, didn't feel like that ah, this was their job for them. I said, how do you get up in the morning? How do you do that and just go into work? You know, we were, and the guys and gals that I work with every day, were, they were on fire. They had a fire in their belly. Certainly not everybody. You can't, so don't, you know, there's always, there's always, you know, a few people that even in those types of jobs, 
in this, that's not their job for them. That's not their calling. It's not their purpose. But what happens is people get into a position and they, they go, well, this is it. This is what I, I'm doing. I'm, you know, the money is good, so I'm going to stick with it. And it, and it just, uh, you know, when, when your job is, when you love it, when you're passionate about it, uh, when, when, you, when you understand about it, when you, know, when you know what your purpose is in that moment, in that profession, like I said, it's, it, it's no longer a job. It, it's not a job at all. It's, it's has its moments, but uh, and, and this particular job, serving as a, as a federal narcotics agent, of course, it gets it can get a little hairy, but it's a great, a lot of fun, and you and you meet men and women of of, of like purpose. Nice. Now let's talk, talk about leadership. That's the focus of your book right. and what you speak about mainly. And so many leaders I see don't actually ever take leadership training. They either have it or they're thrust into it or they just make it up on their own. Um, so as far as leadership, is there any ideal way to lead or ideal way to learn to be a leader? Uh, because it's so important. Anybody who's worked for a great leader right. knows how exciting that is and how great it is. And anyone who's worked for a lousy leader knows how sucky that is. Right. <laughs> That's true. It, it is true, and it, and of course, if you if you you know if you go on the internet and Google leadership, there'll be you know millions and facetious, but thousands of people out there telling people how to lead and stuff. And there's a lot of great stuff out there. There's a lot of fluff, and 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 for me and my journey, you know, although like like you said earlier, is I, I get asked to to speak a lot about national security issues. My heart is really in talking to men and women, and it's really I'll tell you, Tom, it's not teaching let me let me just share this with you it's not about teaching it's about sharing with men and women you know who want to make a difference about what a leader's walk should look like say okay Jim well, well, well you know why you why you well I, I I was fortunate enough to grow up in a in a in a family my my father was a, a New York City police officer 10th grade education and very early on he used to talk about listen everybody no matter where their position on the ladder in, in, in life is no matter what their economic position everybody de- deserves to be treated with dignity and respect I, I don't I don't care where they come from what their background what their color is and so there's certain principles that I grew up with believing and knowing that those things are true now on my job when I was both in the military and then came on DEA you meet a lot of dynamic wonderful men and women who are technically competent that is they know their jobs they know they're they're experts at what they're doing but what i started seeing when i got was fortunate enough to be promoted to the senior executive ranks some years ago i started knowing as as our young men and women move into leadership positions some of them start to lose the idea of what that what that meant you know some of them thought i'm supposed to know everything i'm i'm supposed to be the smartest guy in the room i'm supposed to and so I, I took the time to start talking to those guys about, hey, listen, it's, it's, it really isn't about knowing everything. You're constantly learning. What, what you have to, the very foremost thing you have to be willing to do as a leader, you have to be willing to serve, number one. And number two, you have to be willing to fall in love with men and women that you are entrusted to. Now, when, when you talk, when a guy like me talks about, Love. They go. Wait a minute. Isn't this the military guy? Isn't this the yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. The, the narcotics guy? And, and is he know, hugging everybody? Yeah. <laughs> you 
Is he hugging people? Is he putting dandelions in people? No, not a, not at you know, not, not in the least bit. That when I talk about that love, it's that conscious act of the will to say I care about the people that you work with. You know, we've we've heard terms out there. People say, well, our people are assets, and people listen. I, I, I narrow it down. I'm not a list guy, Tom. Never have been. I'm not the you know. Here's the five things. Here's the seven things. Here's, I just I talk from a position of experience, and I tell, listen, if you're willing and want to go into leadership, you have to understand that you're dealing with people every day, and those people, those men and women, have a purpose, right? They have a purpose in the organization, and they have a purpose in life. You can't, you can't, so purpose in the organization and a purpose in life. And leaders need to lead them with passion. In other words, with, 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 so that people get sparked a fire in their belly. And they need to care about them. They need to, and people say, well, well, I don't understand. You need to develop trust with your people and they need to care about them. You need to be concerned about their professional growth and their personal growth. And, and, the, and the big deal is, Tom, not everybody gets it. Not, not every one of the guys and gals that, that you have the opportunity to lead will get, will get that, but other, others will. And I have this, this phrase I tell my guys, I've told them for years, I said, listen, if you want to make a difference in your organization, a great difference, if you want to leave a good legacy, if you want to, if you want to make a difference in your leadership walk, you got to learn how to fall in love with people. And that means, that, and that means just what I said, that means caring about these people. It's not, it's not hug people. You know, part of that is, you're accountable to them. They're accountable to you. And part of loving a guy may mean you may have to sit down with them and say, hey, hey brother, you've got to go. I owe it to you. I owe it to this organization. You've got to, I've got to let you go. You know, it's this conscious act of the will. And, 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 mm. I, and I say those things because, you know, all the books in the world, mine included, and I, I, I wrote my book, Leadership at the Frontline, just from a, a position, a snapshot of my walk and shared, you know, my mistakes and it, very, very honest about it. It was great. It was great to write. But I, what I tell people is, is you, you're gonna, you, good leaders always pay a price to lead. You, t- you pay an emotional price with people. You, know, you, you, you do, but it's in the long run. You know, in the long run, it, it's worth it. So, is there mm-hmm. is there a good way to lead? Yeah, I believe there is. I absolutely believe there is. The first first thing is to start to understand that the the men and women who are entrusted to you have a purpose. Both in life and in the organization, you have to lead with some type of passion. And I don't mean up with people every day. You know what I mean? I don't mean yay rah rah stuff. You know the 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 missions that our guys do. And when I was on active with DEA, they're they're some of they're a lot of fun, but some of them are incredibly incredibly dangerous. So there is no you know rah rah up with people stuff. We're serious about our position. Serious about the health and welfare of the public that we serve. And, and, and at the same time, we want to get the mission done uh, with as little conflict as, as possible. And we train that way all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So we're, I'm not certainly talking about an up with people type of thing. It's, it's serious business that we do. And leadership is a serious, it's a serious business. But it can be fun mm-hmm. and you can impact men and women's lives. And, and, I, and, I, and, I, and, and here's why, Tom. Go look at any book. Any book on leadership out there, and I tell people this: Where is it? And on what page does it tell you how to deal with the death of a child? On, on what page in a book in leadership does it does it does it explain to you? Okay, how to deal with when one of your guys walks in and says, "I just been diagnosed with cancer," mm-hmm. or "My wife just left me," or, mm-hmm. or or a host of other things that in the daily course of doing life things happen. 
And so, okay. and so that's and that's what I mean. So you you may not be as a leader be able to solve those things, but you can be part you can be part of, of that um, that you can be part of of trying to mitigate some of those things. You, th- those those men and women, we we're with them. I told us, and my wife knows about anything else. I'm with men and women that I work with more than my family sometimes. And we talk about mm. work families and stuff. Um, we spend more time with them sometimes than we do our own our own families. It doesn't mean we care right. more about them or anything or any less, but it's, it's, it just is. And, and what we're trying to do is make a difference in their lives. And if you do that, you make a difference in your organization. Though, those things come. When you start caring, people realize how people care about them. I, these, our leaders care about us. They, they, they're, they're excited about us. They, they know us. But, again, not everybody gets it, Tom. Not, not every employee subordinate will say some of them don't want you to know about them. And I tell guys, that's just part of it. That comes with it. It just does. It comes mm. with that walk. And so, I love uh, it. You get excited, I get excited about those things because it, it works. When you do that, you know, when, when somebody, think, think about your own career, uh, whether you're working in your family business and everything, you just, you know, somebody comes up, hey, how are you? Hey, some, you, know, how, you know, how are you doing? Or somebody just puts a hand on your shoulder and says, man, that was awesome what you did. That, it, 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 it impacts us as human beings. It, 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 you know, it does. And we're not, we're not this sterile group and come to work. And as a matter of fact, if you, if you read about, uh, why people leave the workplace you know the 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 number one reason people leave is is they they'll tell you i i i feel this is sterile workplace i I can't grow here the boss doesn't care about me it's all about the profit or it's all about the mission the it's not money people well it's got to be money money's like sixth or seventh on the list you know people want to know that they have a sense of purpose at work you know at at whatever that is that that people care about that they value them and, and that's mm. what becomes important. So exactly, I love it. I love it. I, obviously, I it's a topic, but it's something that's near and uh, dear to my heart. Exactly. I was going to say. Obviously, this is something you are enormously passionate about. I was thinking of three things as you were uh, talking there about uh, one, like a death of a child, wife leaving, the horrible circumstances. You got to love on your people, but at the same time, you got to help them perform at their best on the job because if they lose their job or in DEA, if they lose their life, it's not going to help the circumstance anymore. So love on them with the problem but still help them to perform at their very best on the job. Also, as a leader, you often have to lead people that you don't like. You wouldn't spend time with outside of work. They wouldn't be your friend. But they are crucial, they are good at their job, and you have to lead them anyway. And then the third thing that came to my mind was, do you think there's different leadership styles or leadership uh, tips or leadership practices for people? Like if you're in the DEA or in the Army, it's easy to lead. You yell and you tell, and people don't talk back to you. But if you go and do that in the private sector, people are going to be resisting. And so maybe a style in one kind of organization works different in another. And at the same time, if you love your people, that style goes with every organization you're in. And I, and I think, you know, that's what uh, a lot of people think is because we could, well, we have a captive audience and they're going to do, but the, the principles really are the, are the same. But when we, when we train 
um, young men and women up who want to be investigators. We put them through a very, very intense academy. Well, the military does the same thing, whether it's officer candidate school or basic training, is we put them through a, a, a rigor of stress because we, we try to get that stress so we, we can't get it as close as being in a battle will be. You just can't, can't do it. But we want to make sure we introduce them to stress, structure, and training. And in training, what we're trying to do is say, listen, if you, if you train the way we're going to fight, when you fight, you're going you're to fight the way you train. Those things are really critically important. Training is so, so you want, because you, you want, part of what we do, both in terms of the military and, and DEA, is, is to train our people up to work operate in a, in a very, very uh, difficult arena where, um, the, you know, there could be a, a level of violence can go from zero to 100 o- overnight. So they need to be able to operate, train, function, and execute the performance of their duties uh, very, very well with, with the paramount uh, the, the duty is making sure that the health and safety of the public is, is there. So we know just going in willy-nilly. So in training, we, a lot of stress goes on there. But when, when we get these men and women, they come to us, and they come to our units and our groups and our divisions, part of our, part of our heart should be, I want this man, I want this woman to, to be developed both professionally and personally. So it doesn't do me any good to not to care about. Listen, it's important that they grow on both sides. And we have a lot to, and we have a lot to do with that. When you, start, when you start realizing those things. And then you get asked, Tom, you, you, said, you, said, you said some interesting things earlier about, well, you know, is one better than, than the next? I, I think when you lead, I call it learn to lead from the heart at the front line, because at the front line is where the rubber hits the road. The, the, that's mm-hmm. where it is. And, and the front line in any organization can be that, that, that basic area where, you, where the mission of the organization is, is getting done, where men and women are working to move the organization in, in a direction. And if, you're, if you as a leader's principal concern is going to be the money, the profit, and even in DEA, if it's, well, it's going to be all about the arrests and the seizures, yeah, you know, you may be able to get a lot of those after a while, but you're, you'll, lose something in, in, you'll lose something in just pursuing that and not pursuing and developing people. You pursue developing people, your organization is going to grow. You pursue caring about and developing men and women, pursuing excellence, you know, pursuing that excellence, you tell your people, and I and I don't I don't I don't buy the whole. Okay, everybody's got to be perfect. There's there's listen, man, my there's there's only one guy that was perfect, and he came a couple thousand years ago, mm. and and so, but our our drive should be for excellence, both for our people than our organization. If you, if our people pursue excellence, if you if you pour into them, think think about it, but think think about a picture and you're pouring into people every day you're you're pouring into them you're talking about things and when i talk about discipline people think well you mean but no no discipline has to do with training and structure and and uh customer service and all those things to develop great habits you know because they represent your organization and by the way it doesn't matter tom it doesn't matter if you're a federal agent you're a soldier or you work on an assembly line somewhere those, the principles remain the same. Do you know what we do? You know, I had a habit of telling my, my guys, one of the things, you know, people would do is, okay, we got this guy trained. Um, we got him cleared. He's here. Uh, he went through an academy. He went through training. Now, you know, we put, him on the, we put him on the front line. And you find out that no one's ever continually talked to them about 
you know, pursuing excellence. Hey, you know, sitting with them and say, where, you know, where do you see yourself? Where, where do you want to go? What's, what's in your heart? And it's amazing. Guys and gals will sit there and say, no, no one's ever talked to me about that. Well, that's important to me, you know, or identifying young leaders and go, man, you, you have something worthwhile here, you know, and push them. And other people see, see that within your organization and say, man, this is a great place to work. Why are, I mean, anything that Collins has written about, the researchers, you know, you, you, you dissect Collins' books left and right, and Collins talks about the difference between good companies and not-so-good companies are CEOs that give a crap about their men and women. They care about their organization. They care about those people in their organization. And I tell that to people time and time again. And I've heard things like, well, we don't, we don't have, have time for that. No, man, you don't have time not to pour into people. But here, here's something, Tom. So, and I tell this that it's in my book. So what happens as a leader when you're pouring into people and then you hear something leaking? You, you hear what I'm saying? You pour it into people and I say, I hear something leaking. I keep pouring into this guy and it's leaking out of his backside. You know, there, there are men and women like that. Like I said, it's not up with people. Not everybody's going to get it. And I, you have to deal with people that you're pouring into. And, and, and I tell people, I have a simple response to that. Or you're the love. Yeah, I have a sense. I, I know. I stop pouring into that guy or gal. If I if I see that somebody no longer wants to grow professionally or personally, I don't pour into them anymore. I don't have time to. I got all these other great guys and gal. That doesn't mean I hate them or I sit them in a corner and let moss grow on their head. They may be task oriented. It just simply means I've got other people I got to pour into. You, you see what I mean? It's hmm. not this. Oh, everybody, and we're gonna. No, I don't. Have, listen. Once I see a pattern begin to develop in somebody that they're not interested in growing, I just don't have time to I don't have time, and I tell other leaders, you don't have time. Our, our job is not to fix anybody. See that? Right. You know, we think, well, as a boss, we've got to fix them. No, your job is not. We get men and women who come to our professions, who come into our organizations, and most of all of them are adults. And so they come with you know, a set of values, character. They see the world through their glasses sometimes. Sometimes it's a generational thing. But, but you, your job is not to fix them. Your job is to tell them, here's what we expect of you. This is what you can expect of me. And, and, and you have purpose here. And when you get somebody, and you do, you're going to. Organizations have them regardless of how great the organization is, regardless how much money somebody's getting paid. You're going to get somebody that basically doesn't care about being poured into and so i tell people i don't waste my time with those people i just waste mm. valuable time pouring into those people when i know it's going to leak out of them so that's what i mean you pay a price i mean you have to be discerning you it is not an oh an up with people when you're in the arena leading people every day you're constantly learning you got to be willing to learn you're going to be willing to make mistakes you're going to you're going to fall down you're going to get back up you're going to keep pursuing excellence no matter what you're going to make mistakes you got to look somebody in the eye sometimes and say Hey, man, I messed that thing up. Oh, wait, you, you can't do that. You'll be weak. Are you crazy? You're nuts. Hmm. You, you, you know, <laughs> people look at you and say, hey, I, my, the boss is a human being. My, my, my supervisor is a human, you know, human being. Now, it, you know, at the same time, if you're, going, if you're going into saying sorry every day, something's off. You know, now you start challenging right, right, right. your technical competence, you know. So, and it's a hard thing. That's why Tom, I said, leading is a hard thing. It's a, it's, it's a hard thing. There are certain principles you've got to, you got to be tech. I, I absolutely believe that leaders need to be technically competent in their jobs, in the performance of their duties, you know, what, whatever that is, whatever, whatever you're working. If you're working in, you know, 
technical outfits or anything else. You should be technically competent. But a lot of times, most guys and gals, who, if they're honest with you in organizations, say, you know, I'm, I'm, especially in mine, I've worked with some of the most talented men and women. I go, my gosh, when I was working on the street as a street agent, I wish I could work with you because you could teach me that. So you're going to have people who are smarter than you regarding the technical abilities in the organization. That's a great thing. That's a great thing to leverage those guys and gals. But, but you yeah. know, so it's a walk. It's a constant. You're constantly learning. Exactly, exactly. And what a great lesson and something I've learned as well. I, uh, I've mentored a number of younger people where after a short period of time, you could tell they weren't interested. They're not going right. to read the book. They're right. not going to do the homework you suggest. They're just not going to do it. And when you're positive and in your personal development industry like I am and you have all these great books and you have these great goals, when you're continually banging your head against a wall, giving of your time to someone who is not going to read the book, not going to put into practice any new habits, Man, it's frustrating for the leader, and it's a waste of time. And the sooner you can recognize that, that's one maybe one of the keys of leadership is recognize who to pour your time and your effort and your energy into, and recognize who not to, and get away from the not to people quickly. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, it's it's funny time because I said, um, you know, and it's in my in my book, in one of the chapters of the book. I said, I've had uh, other leaders, I tell people, you have to be, you have to be. One of the things, if you choose to step into the leadership arena, you, you have to choose to be somewhat vulnerable. And people, well, what do you mean? I said, listen, you have to develop trust with your people, communication, all those good things. Um, and I, I had people say, I'm not, I don't want to get close to my people. I said, well, well why not? Why don't you want to get, I don't, I don't get that. Why don't, why don't, well, you know, you need to, put, I, had a, I had actually, a, a very seasoned executive tell me this years ago. We were polar opposites when it came to leading people. He said, you know, you should make sure you keep people at a distance and off balance. I, I almost fell down to the floor. I said, what? He said, you've got to keep people at a distance and off balance. I said, at a distance and off balance? He goes, yeah. He says, because if they get too close, you know, the, you know familiarity breeds contempt and everything. And I got, shook my head and walked away. And I go, my gosh, man, how do you develop trust? If you can't develop trust, what kind of relationship do you have? And here's the deal. When you, when you do, as a, when you walk into that leadership arena, when you start to get to know, you become vulnerable because some people try to fool you right away. And so, yeah, you could, you could initially be fooled about someone's, someone's character or their work ethic initially. That comes with it. can't be worried about that. But once you identify it, once you, that, that, those are just temporary. I tell people all the time, people can't hide their characters forever. You know, and you, you usually get a good idea being in the, in the arena for a while, you know, you know what, what guys and gals are actually on the market and, and who aren't. But you can't be afraid of it. You've got to develop a relationship with these people. You've got to be able to communicate. If you don't develop a relationship, how do you ever get to know them? And if you don't get to know them, how do you develop trust? And if you can't develop trust in a relationship, what does your organization really look like? What's the client? Mm. What's the culture in there? Again, it, this is not up with people. You know, because you've got to hold people accountable, you know, when, when, when stuff happens. But I'll give, you, I'll, give you, I'll give you another one. What about the guy and girl, Tom? What about that who, who, because of their own, right, because of their own um, reasons or because of their own shortcomings, they self-implode because it's their fault. I mean, they, they, we, we've all seen it, right? 
The guy lights a stick of dynamite, holds on to it, and implodes. He, he knows he's doing wrong and everything else, and now he's a mess. You know, you know what? You know what then? And I, I tell a story in my book about one such guy um, who who had a lot of us fooled, and he literally, you know, self imploded. He woke up one morning. I'm walking into the office, and one of my guys says to me, "I was running the office in, in Dallas before I got pulled up to D.C." And he said, "Hey, this so and so, I got bad news. His wife threw him out last night." I go, what, what, "What happened?" Apparently, he's been living with some demons and stuff, and couldn't hold on to it. Confessed to his wife, and you know, she threw him out on the front lawn with everything included. You know, typical, everything included. So now, so now what? You know, so, you know, so now what? I said, now what? Okay, what do we, what do we do? You know, what do, well, the. Uh, you know, one of the things that the guy was worried about was, well, maybe he did some things inappropriate in the office, and maybe we should send something up to our internal affairs people. And I'm, I'm sitting there disappointed because I know who the guy is, right? I, I thought I knew who he was, and, and a whole new version of him came out. But, but the idea wasn't, okay, we're going to now throw lighter fluid on him and burn him up. I said, okay, h- how do we help him somewhat? I mean, how do we say so knowing what the guy's faith was? We had a chaplain's program. We did some we did some things to mitigate the best we could. And 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 why do you do that? Because he's a human being. Because he's ours. He but but Jim he, he you know he turned a gun on himself so to speak. Yeah, I know. But but no no. At the end of the day, he's yeah he he he's he's ours. He, we have a relationship with this guy. Yes, he he made him mistake. Yes, it's his fault. But but that's that's about doing the right thing. No, we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna pour gasoline on a guy and torture him because he did it himself. That's that's just wrong. It's wrong to do that. You know, it's it's the whole thing about, you know, maybe every now and then all of us need a a second chance. So it doesn't always happen. That's what I mean. It, the, the, you you pay a price to lead. You know, you you really do. Now the guy, listen. Even when you care about people, Tom, even when you love them, even when you're hurt for them, uh, even when you do, you, that doesn't mean suddenly because when something happens, they're going to be whole again. You know what I mean? We, we, there's no, that's, the, that's this gig. There's no sometimes Disney story about when some things happen, like with this particular guy. We, you know, we, we did our best to help him out. We got some chaplain support. We got him some spiritual and physical uh, assistance. And he's still broken, man. He, he's still you know he's still broken but one of the things when i left when i left here to move on to to dc i got this one line from him and he just said i'll never forget what you all did for me he's still broken you, you know what i mean he's still you know we and we and me personally we pray for the guy and everything else you know but but never forget and and then the other thing is it quietly it validates what the men and women in in the workplace get a little glimpse of is that wait a minute when things when things are at their very worst, you know, we can be at our very best. And, and, and you know, mm. the, the profit, the mission and all that goes by the wayside when those types of things happen. You know, when life suddenly kicks in your door. You know, so that's what I said. It's, it's a walk. You know, really is, is, is. There are no three easy steps to being a great leader. There are no seven great steps. You've got to be willing to be in there. You've got to have a relationship with people. You got to learn how to love people. You can't be fearful of making some mistakes, and I, I don't mean in, in our line of work. 
um, in, in our profession, I tell guys we cannot make a tactical error on the street because people get killed. But but when you're leading people, you make you got to make mistakes. You know, some of them sometimes are innocent. Others, you realize, I, I you know what, you know maybe I was too hard or maybe I was too soft. Maybe you should have acted quicker. You're constantly learning. You're constantly learning, and and um, and that's why I tell people it's good always to find. I tell uh, young men and even not so young men and women, find somebody, a mentor, somebody maybe a little bit who's been around a little bit longer, who's been in this position, that you can talk to and share to. Or I tell other leaders, you need to be mentors to other men and women up there who who you can push along the way. You know, when they really screw up, <laughs> they can sit there and go, "Man, I really, I messed this one up," and and you can mm. you can help them through it. It's part of our responsibility. It is a powerful responsibility. I was a manager for a big management consulting company, and I didn't always like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Man- Managing people is not always fun. So many people yeah. aim to be a manager, uh, but then when you manage people who you're also friends with, right. uh, boy, it can be tough. It can be tough. Challenging, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I'm being nice about it, you know, but, you know, uh, what a, early on in the book I talked about, I, I really couldn't wait to be a supervisor. I was always driven. I, I loved my job. I loved my profession. loved everything about it. And, and I had an old supervisor who looked at me because he knew I was excited about it. You know? And I was excited for all what I would consider the right reasons. You know, I'm like, okay, man, we're going to get together. I'm going to love them. They're going to love me. And, and we're going to storm the gates of hell. And, and this is what we're going to do. And, you know, one of those really ex- – I've always been kind of that – that way, and he looks at me, and this guy goes, "Hey, Capper." He goes, "You, you know what?" He says, "You know, you know what your biggest problem is." Now, now, mind you, somebody's looking at me, saying, "You know what your biggest problem is," and I'm thinking, "Hey, I'm Jimmy Capper. I don't have a problem." And he goes, "You think everybody thinks the way you do?" And I'll never forget that. He says, "You think everybody thinks the way you do about the job, about the profession?" And of course, I did think that because from where I was standing, you know, I wasn't in a in a. I was kind of in an informal. You know, leadership position, but uh, you know, you you see everybody kind of the same, and and you don't see that at the time when you're working in a unit that maybe other other guys and gals may maybe not so productive that you are, or are a little bit differently. But once you start leading people, all of a sudden, it's about everybody else, and you start going, oh wait a minute, <laughs> and and within the first few weeks of my as being a brand new supervisor, I, I have the inspection manual open, the administrative manual, a manual I didn't know existed, and I'm thinking to myself, nobody told me about this part of it. Nobody, nobody I, had, I had a person who didn't like coming to work, and I'm like, how can this be? How can this person not like coming to work? So you, you wade into that arena, and you go, wow. You know, you go, man, there's a lot to learn. So, hmm. uh, What is your web? What is your website, James? We haven't directed people to it yet, and I got to get better at that earlier in the show. But uh, what is the best uh, website place so for people have, to get hold of you? I have a website that we're in the process of. It's it's up, and we're, we're going to be putting up a, a, a new website. Uh, but it's uh, it's uh, frontlineleadershipgroup.com. Frontlineleadershipgroup.com is is the web is the website, and we're in the process of doing that. You know, I, I've been uh, I retired in August. And, uh, you know, I, um, we had been praying hard about this next journey, and uh, I was fortunate that um, I was able to write a book about my, my walk, and, you know, we really believe that this is where we're supposed to be. And I said, uh, we, we really believe that 
and I really believe, that have something to offer people about, you know, the reality of being a leader, which can be a lot mm-hmm. of fun, but it is, you know, you pay a price. And uh, so we started this uh, little company, and I call it a leadership development firm, but really it's the, the, what, we, what we do, what I do a lot of is, is do a lot of keynote speaking, get out and talking to people. I've been doing it for years while I was on active duty, and uh, uh, it was great. So you get a call and said, you know, when I started talking to men and women on our, you know, 10, 11, 12 years ago about, you know, some, some basic principles, and I, I call it people, purpose, and passion, and, and talking to them about the heart of leadership, I never expected it to, to, to you know, to take off the way it did. And, and I have a tendency that, you know, to kind of talk, I get excited when I talk, and I'm, my New York gets up, and I start moving around, and my hands start waving. And so I started to talk to my guys and gals who were leaders, and the next thing I get a phone call, I say, hey, would you mind talking to over here and over there? The next thing you know, I'm, I'm talking at the National Academy and I'm talking at uh, different places around the country. And then, you know, because I ran offices overseas, I, I got the opportunity to travel overseas and talk in a bunch of major um, conferences and stuff. And some of it has to do with national security, but ultimately it comes down to I talk to men and women about the, the really the, the calling to lead men and women and what that means, man. It's not just, it's not just I'm the boss and you're going to do stuff. Is Man, you're, 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 not, you're the leader and you have to be a servant first. And that's what gets people. Right. You know what I mean? You have to be willing to serve. Because, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute, where did this come from? So just listen, dude, you have to be willing to serve those first. You're, you're not the guy sitting up on a big chair high above everybody. You're, you're the guy down below pushing people, getting them excited about people, stirring those gifts up in people, getting them excited about who we are, what's our purpose. You know, I, I, would, I would, every morning... When I was in Washington, D.C., as operations chief, every morning we had a global operations meeting. And I'm surrounded by some of the, just the, I some of the brightest, talented, dedicated, and bravest. What some of these guys have done, and anything I've done is paled in comparison. Spectacular guys. And invariably, at least once or twice a month, you know, we'd get ready to talk about things that are happening all over the globe and stop everybody. And, and I would start with this, don't ever forget who we are. You just catch, don't ever forget who we are. Don't ever forget what our, who we are as, as, first of all, as public servants. That, that people outside of this are looking to us that, that we're going to make a difference in their communities. You know, don't forget who we are as men and women of honor and character and integrity. And you constantly, these, by the way, these are other senior executives, Right, the, so it's not just to the young guys, man. It's this constant push for excellence. Remind people who we are, what our purpose is. You know, p- people are counting on us. It's our organization are counting on us. Our country's counting on us. You know that that we're going to pursue these things with excellence. People should look at us and say that's what good government looks like. And I, I tell people in other organizations, you do the same, man. I don't care if you. I don't care if your company makes widgets. Hey, listen. We, we make the best widgets going because it's a great product. It provides a service, and people are looking for good products that will make a difference in their lives. And that's not up with people, man. That's about pursuing excellence and driving people to get better about themselves, both professionally and personally. Man, that's powerful. It catches on. It's contagious. But again, not everybody gets it, you know? Not everybody. I'd be lying. Yes, everybody gets it. No, not everybody gets it. And so you've got to cut right. that. 
Amazing, amazing. We could go on for a long time. This is exciting, and I bet you have some amazingly cool stories. There are probably some, some involving bu- some involving bullets and some yeah. involving battles. And yeah. well, there's, I, I imagine there's a couple of things in the in the because a lot of people say, well, do you talk about war stories? And there there are a couple of stories in the book that I put in there just to, really to highlight the importance of good leadership. And, and uh, there's a couple of things in there um, that, that, that kind of define that. And it, it gives the reader outside saying, wow, this is, this is the kind of stuff that these guys are involved in. But listen, Tom, let me, let me leave you with this, and I know you've got to go. It's not just for, uh, you know, not, not just for these, you know, warrior careers. It's the, the things that I talk about cut across from public service to nonprofits to for-profits. If, if you have an organization, if, if you have, whether it's, you know, two people or 10,000 people, you know, you, to develop leaders who care about their people first, who are technically competent in their area of line of work and their profession, and to understand that when you start to care about those people, that, that, that you are entrusted to, we're in, they're entrusted to us. That, that you can make a difference in your organization. And, and if you do that and you're willing to step out and do that and be willing, you know, to be a little vulnerable, I'm telling you, your, your company will, your company, your organization, whatever it is, will flourish. But it, it doesn't happen overnight. And I, like I tell people in, in, the, in the book, I talk about I want things to happen like right away. It takes a little time. It takes a little time to build that culture, you know, and people are looking at you. They're kind of saying, is this guy for real? Does he mean this, or is he just another guy that's passing through? And then what you want to leave, mm-hmm. ultimately, is, is a legacy. You want people to learn from that. And I tell people, I want them to be better at it than I was. Why? It's like my kids. Same thing with my family. I want my kids to be better at this life thing, better at being a parent, better at being a better Christian than, than I was. I want them. My, my, my heart is for them to be better at it because they can change their families, and they can change and impact you know, their, their job. They can change and impact their life. So, you know, that's a that's just a snapshot of me, brother. <laughs> Whoa. It is obvious this is something you are enormously passionate about. I would even get into after this if we had more time, but like life now, like nobody's shooting at you, you're not yeah, undercover yeah, anywhere, yeah. you're not in some foreign country all the yeah. time. A different uh, life, I'm sure, but uh, very, very cool. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading the book myself. Uh, thank you so much for your time today, James. Thank you for your public service. Uh, public servants are servants of the public, and you right. put in enough years of that. Uh, no different than military duty, anything else. Thank you, thank you. Public service is is a service to the public, and you did that well for many years. So thank you for that. Looking forward to reading your book and uh, learning some of your ideas on leadership. Uh, very, very interesting and intriguing. Thank you so much for being with me today, uh, Jimmy. Thanks, I appreciate Tom. it. I really am honored to be on your show. God bless you, man. It means a lot to me that you'd, you'd be willing to have me on. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day. Take care. Thanks, brother. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.